This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Amen. Thank you, band, for leading us this morning. Um, just to, to um, let you know what I'm seeing at this moment, if you are at home. I'm seeing a big empty church before me. <laughs> There's no seats here. There's a few people here um, that are allowed to assist with the production of a service. Um, and it is quite strange for me to stand here and, and preach where normally I'm used to your faces, your laughter, and your smiles. But it is also great to know that when you put something out there for God to work with, that He can perform miracles with it. So I trust that um, something will move in your heart uh, while you are at home this morning. And just before I forget, uh, we are online, of course, at this moment. And also Wednesday night, if you are new around Hermanus or you've been new around this church and you wanted to become a part of a small group, but um, your efforts were put on, a, on ice by the president with the lockdown, then we have a great solution on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, we have Zoom at 8, Zoom Connect at 8, and you'll find that on our Facebook page. If you just scroll around, there's a link, and Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, if you press that link, you will be a part of our Connect community, and we're going to do something very amazing this week, and we want to invite you just to click the link, pitch up in your own lounge, and with a cup of coffee, and join us. Right, I want to get going with what God has placed in my heart this morning. I want to talk about the cross in the community. The cross in the community. Purifying hearts for service. Now, I want to just make one or two disclaimers. I want to use this term a lot this morning, the cross at work in us, or the work of the cross in the believer. Um, Don't let the vocabulary... um, catch you off guard. I might also say the work of the Holy Spirit in us or the work of Christ in us. I'm using these words uh, this morning on purpose um, because these or this was a term that the early church um, used, the work of the cross in us, because the cross happened before their eyes um, and crucifixions were something that was a part of society. And so when you would say the word, um, the cross, or that Jesus was crucified, or maybe you, they knew someone else who was crucified, it started, a, it's almost like a visceral response in your body because many of those people actually saw human beings on a cross being tortured for crimes or for faith. And then often when the Christian community would go through a difficult time, they would remember Jesus on the cross. And they would remember his work of love and his endurance and what the work on the cross produced for us and for all eternity. And sometimes the cross would come to work also in the lives of believers where they would go through difficult times. But sometimes they would find the hand of God amidst all the troubles and they would say, it is the cross that is at work in me at the moment. And so I will endure and we will see the fruit of the work of God in my life. The cross in the community. So when the cross goes to work in the community, 
What does it do? It surely does a lot of things. I'm going to focus on two things this morning that I want to leave with us. I want to read together from the book of Mark in chapter 10, and you can follow on your screen. This is Jesus speaking, and he says in verse 33, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. So he's speaking about the cross, all right? And James and John, this is the very next verse, the sons of Zebedee came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able and Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink, and the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles Lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Um, I'm going to carry on in a second, but it is very interesting what we see here in the lives and in the hearts of the disciples. And if we look into our own lives, we see this as well. Jesus says, here am I. He's the king of the world. And by this time, the disciples knows he's from God. He's king. And he says, I am going to go to Jerusalem and I will be brutally killed. I will be murdered. I will become the least. And the disciples respond and they say, we want to ask you a favor, Lord. Make us great. Jesus comes, he says, the king will be brought low in death. Jesus, that's his words, that's what he says. The humans come and they say, Lord, we want to come for a promotion at this time. And this is not the first time we see it. We see it in Mark 9 as well. It's not on the screen. Jesus says the same words and then it says, and the disciples on the way home argue amongst themselves who is the greatest. I want to read a little qu a quote here from John Calvin. Um, he was an early theologian. And he comments on this section and he says the following. He says, this narrative contains a bright mirror of human vanity. For it shows that proper and holy zeal is often accompanied by ambition. They who are not satisfied with himself alone, but seek this or the other thing apart from him and his promises, wander grievously from the right path. 
I know I'm pressing, I'm pressing into um, sensitive areas this morning, but that's exactly what I want to do. What this man writes here is he gives us an angle into the text that's very important this morning. He says, often when we come to God, we say, I'm here to follow you, Lord. I'm here to be your disciple. I will worship you no matter what. Sometimes we come to God out of a place of need. Sometimes uh, we, we end up in a church when there's, uh, when there's a calamity in our personal lives and we reach out to God, and that's a good thing. Um, it is a good thing if the hurts and the pains of this life leads our eyes to be open towards Jesus. That's a good thing. But there's one thing we should ask the Holy Spirit to help us do, and that is to enter deep into our hearts and to ask, our, to ask the Holy Spirit to train our hearts to love Jesus more than anything. Because what we see here with the disciples is that, yes, they were following him, but their need or their personal ambitions was revealed at this time. We will follow you, Lord, but Lord, give us a special seat. I will follow you, Lord. No strings attached, but actually, Lord, I'm, this is why I'm following you. Underneath my heart, there are all these other reasons why I'm actually following God. Now, what the Scripture teaches us is that as the work of the cross or the Holy Spirit enter our lives more and more, God will come and expose each and every one of those other things, those secret ambitions that's in our hearts until only one remains, Jesus. Let me give you an example. You come to church, we just had the band here and um, singing for us, and you're like, man, I want to serve Jesus, but I've got this musical gift and I, 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 I am here actually to to worship God because I see myself as a worship leader and you come to church and uh, the person in charge of worship says, we want you to train your voice for another few months. We want you to help you with the sound first and you are out of here. Now, initially you thought you only yet to serve Jesus, but what actually was in your heart is a need for a position. Now, this is maybe a simple example because it comes in all shapes and forms. But the work of the cross is this. It enters our hearts and it finds those trigger points <laughs> in our lives. And the reason for it, the reason why it is such a grace is if we find those points, those places where we get offended, those places where our expectations are not met. And we humble ourselves before God. There is great growth ahead of us because we are eliminating each and every other lover until only one remains. I just wrote this out for us. The next slide. The cross through training and discipline and surgery makes us more like Jesus. But this process is hard for the flesh. Let's go on. Jesus, he carries on. He says, but it shall not be so among you. 
But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I want to land on two things that I know the cross will do in every community or that the Holy Spirit will do. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will do it in our community also. I already see this fruit, but, you know, whenever you see something good happening, you give more speed and more momentum. Already we see here it is a great privilege in the kingdom of God when people relinquish the need for a position. That's what we see here. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And I want to focus on that section that says to be, not to be served, but to serve. What is Jesus saying here? What is he saying here? What is there for us this morning to grasp? When the cross of Christ gets to work in my heart, in your heart, and in a community, one of the first things it will tackle is our need for a position. Our need for a position. The cross comes to our flesh or the spirit comes into our heart. And in a world where we are taught to compete with one another, you know, climb the ladder, the kingdom of God enters in and it brings something different into us. And the king of kings, the Lord of lords, says, no, give it up. Lay it down. You'll need your ambition to be acknowledged in that position. Put it down. As I have done. This is very hard for us. But this is one of the first works of the cross that we are confronted with when we get together with other people. What does the cross contend for? The first thing is this. The cross will deliver the need for position in the community. It delivers us for the need of position. I am this person or I am that person. People know me as this or that. Wherever this kind of notion in our hearts exists, it, it helps us. <laughs> we see this because we throw in a tantrums when we don't get that position or acknowledgement. And it's at that moment where the Holy Spirit is coming and saying, let's work with us, let's work with us. Because I am creating for myself a people that is delivered from the need to be in a position. Because in this church, there is only one important person. His name is Jesus. Now, as a response, sometimes we, we respond like a pendulum. And so some of us might think, if, if we can go to the previous slide, it'll be great, please. Uh, the slide number 10. Sometimes we think, okay, if a position is not important, then you know what, I, I, I'm just going to do nothing, all right? I'm just going to be here. But, but that's not the voice of the Spirit. The Spirit does not paralyze us. The Holy Spirit activates us. So if we don't long for a position, if we don't long to be acknowledged, then what do we do? What is the work of the cross here in this community? It is this. No longer a need for a position, but a willingness 
for whatsoever the opportunity. Where do you need me, Lord? What does this congregation need? What does my small group need? What is the need? Here am I. I'm coming with my gifts. I'm coming with my heart. I'm coming with my prayers. Not for a position, but to an opportunity. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than in palaces away from Him. Isn't that true? That is the work of a cross in a Christian community. Once you have a group of people that can be activated where there's an opportunity without the need to be constantly acknowledged, you've got something. And it's only the cross of Christ that can do that because that is what the cross is. It is the king laying down his royalty to become a servant and he's saying, now follow after me. Where is the cross pressing in your heart? Where do you feel that? At work, at home, at church? Don't be paralyzed. Be activated, but turn your focus to opportunity, not position. Amen. When we get this, it is so powerful. We see the death of competition in the body of Christ. It is gone. Powerful. Powerful. There can only be one. So, now that you've heard this, if you've listened to this now, I am sorry, I have ruined you. You will now pick up the work of the cross in your home, in your marriage, in your small group at work, you will realize that little tantrums of the flesh that the cross is coming to war with. Lay it down. Lay it down. Actually, you're not ruined. You're super blessed because you're about to grow if we submit ourselves to the hand of God. The people in the early church would say, do not resist the work of a cross. It is wisdom to see when you are going through a difficult time. It is wisdom and a grace if you can see the hand of God in it and say, on the operating table, I will lay down and allow God to do surgery on this heart. Give me more zeal for your kingdom, less ambition to be known and seen by people. The work of a cross. The world does not know this. It's a foreign concept. Going back to verse 45, just the second part of that scripture. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, we did that part, but to serve the death of competition and to give his life a ransom for many. To give his life a ransom for many. Now, I want to I wanna venture into something that I might open a can here, but I, I just need to, to get in here to bring over a very important principle. Now, there was a man called Justin Martyr. Now, him and his friends, him and five friends, they were arrested. And um, people, the, the governing authorities wanted them to, to deny their, their faith. And they said, do what you will, for we are Christians and we do not sacrifice to idols. And they killed him and his friends. There was a young, 
a slave girl. Her name was Blandina. And she, uh, she was a confessing Christian. And they martyred her. And they had series of things that they would do to people. But each one of the segments of torture could, could kill a grown man. And Blandina was a very small slave girl. And people said she would not survive any one of those um, torches. She's just too frail and small. But she went through several and she, she did not die. And she would say, I am a Christian and what we do to, to, to society is precious and loving. And she would not turn against Christ. And they threw a lot of these people uh, uh, in the Colosseum to wild animals at the end. Now, why am I sharing this? Uh, the Son of Man um, came to give his life a ransom. He, he came not to preserve his life, but to give it. And we, we see this in the early church. We see a lot of Christians that their lives was given. Why am I mentioning that? In the early church, there was great riches in the Roman empire and people were looking for life and and the meaning to life and they tried to find this in all type of things but then at one stage there was a wave where the empire and where a lot of people became christians and it was not because of the prosperity of the christians it was not because the christians had all the phil philosophical answers that the greeks were looking for all the riches the romans were looking for it was because the way in which they died broke like the light or like a light into the heart of a person that's truly seeking. They said, how can these people give their lives with such grace? What is it? And the Roman Empire became Christian. They had many sins after that, but the deaths of the early martyrs made an incredible impact. Now, I don't want us to go die and be tortured. That's not the point here. The point is this, the second thing I want to say this morning, is that the cross will deliver you from self-preservation and bring you to self-giving. It is a principle that the cross works in the lives of Christians. The ability, it, this is a miracle, the ability not to be self-preserving but to be self-giving. Now, in the early church, when this happened to the martyrs, when they were not self-preserving, they did not deny their faith, they gave themselves for the faith, it got the attention of the harvest. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a centurion. He said, this man must be the Son of God. I, he has not seen a man die like this while being killed. Father, forgive him. And the cross of Jesus was repeated many times through the lives of the early Christians in a sense that they also laid their lives down. Let us not backslide. Let us not backslide. What do I mean by that? We might not be asked to die for our faith. But the cross or the Holy Spirit in you might challenge you for other sacrifices. Do it. Do it. Do not be self-preservating. 
in your approach. Be self-giving because as 2,000 years ago, it still catches the attention of the harvest. When people are self-giving. Now, I don't want to make a list of things of what it means to be self-giving, but figure it out. For us to be like Christ, the message I have this morning, the cross in the community, is that the cross will deliver us from the ambition to have a position and just to, to, to go towards where there is an opportunity. I don't know about all the opportunities because I don't work where you work. I'm not in your small group. I, I, I'm not within your sphere of context. But where there is an opportunity, I want to ask you to respond. Maybe... You need to respond with a meal. Maybe there's a different way. Maybe you have to respond financially. I'm not sure. But where there is an opportunity, respond. And then I want to challenge us with this. There's a lot of growth in that. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to teach us how to be self-giving, not self-preserving. It brings the, whole, the message of the gospel to the harvest because when we give ourselves we are embodying a part of the life of our Savior who gave himself in a way we'll never be able to give. We'll never be able to pay for the sins of others. But we can be self-giving in the posture of our hearts. If a community can be delivered from the needful position and put on the mantle of giving ourselves, we'll change the world. It'll change the world. But the cross will have to go to work in us. And wise is the man when the cross works in you. And it's tough not to pull out to say, this is God working here, man. This is God working. I don't like the feeling of this, but I know it's him because I feel close to him. I hear him whisper to me in the process, so I will lay still as he performs his surgery on my heart, the cross in the community, working with the hearts of people. Maybe at this time, when we are not able to meet together in this building, it is a window, a very significant window, for the community out there to take opportunities, to exercise faith, to allow the cross to put us in the ministry towards one another until we can be back again. God wants to use you. You are the church. So minister from your home. Find a way. That's my heart for us this morning. I want to finish off just by reading this scripture again. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Let us go and do the same. I want to pray for us. Father, we know that you are a good father. And even when you perform surgery on our hearts, and even when it is painful and uncomfortable, it is your goodness at work in us, eliminating parts of our lives until only one remains, a love for Jesus. A love delivered from the need 
of acknowledgement of people delivered from the need of a position and a love that is giving in nature, not self-preserving. This is a miracle. and This can only happen by the work of your spirit. Have your way with us, Holy Spirit. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.